Welcome back to the fireside, everybody. Uh, Gray Man Stitch here with uh, my co-host Mike, the noob held. Yes. Hey, you know what? Maybe one day I'll be a novice, and I'm working toward it. That's right, man. You get those experience points on adventures. You'll get there. You'll get there. Are you writing those down? Because I I'm keeping I'm track. Not. I got okay. a little notebook. Oof. We're we're Oof. gonna get we're gonna get through you. We're gonna. This get is why through. I can't be a DM. Not yet. I, you got to be able to take notes. Good notes. <laughs> so we have a great episode today. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell us what our interesting kind of going off of what we've been doing, kind of not uh, episode is about today. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm super excited to kind of go over this. This is kind of, you know, exactly what we're looking to do with this is kind of bring new content, you know, to the forefront and kind of bring that out to the TTRPG crowd and things like that. Um, we have some uh, playtest copies of uh, some stuff from a uh, company called Awfully Queer Heroes, mm-hmm. or, or I guess more of sort of a you know creative group uh, mm-hmm. called Awfully Queer Heroes. Uh, they are actually releasing a new uh, kind of like a supplemental playbook or supplemental book to uh, 5e called Tower of the Soul uh, and it's this it's just a really really cool looking kind of self-contained campaign uh, it's got some you know new races it's got some you know built out cities and and mechanics that are that are really really cool so it's gonna be a really cool thing to talk about and you know just kind of play what mechanics we think are cool and kind of review some of the things that that work and don't work um you know and kind of just hype that up for everybody in the ttrpg crowd uh to go to that kickstarter which is starting soon and and just kind of support these people as they're getting everything off the ground and printing these books and things like that yeah and uh you're not kidding mike when you when you say creative man Looking over all this uh, initial information that they sent over to us to kind of yeah. to peruse is oh man it, it's it, they I feel like they really have um, come at it from every angle uh, yeah. in a sense and because uh, <laughs> it's very well it's very well thought out but not only is it mm-hmm. well thought out it's easily understood it right. it would take some getting used to especially if you're used to a five e system or you're just are you I should say you, you you've been playing for a while but as I've always said and as uh, multiple DMs in the past have said you know flexibility is the key to a campaign yep um, but uh, I feel like it, it kind of grasps grasps both edges of being well thought out and different but being understandable enough that you could adapt to it in your own campaign if you wanted mm-hmm. to do it so I think it's really cool like the the races and stuff they've they've come up with are just fantastic yeah uh, they, they look like to be a lot of fun and easily easily integrated into uh the campaign even if you don't follow their particular dungeons which are fun from what mm-hmm. i've seen yeah it, it would be great to play through some of these and maybe we can throw that together sometime uh that would be a lot of fun yeah. i'm excited about it uh, but you could also take these characters and put them in a, your own campaign. So it's they're very adaptable as well, which I, I really, really like about it. Right. And that and that was actually kind of funny, me talking to uh, one of the creators, uh, Kel, uh, from, from the group, was the one who sent me all of the uh, documentation and, and kind of reading through it. And they uh, said, oh, sorry if it's overwhelming. And I was... I was kind of like, oh no, it's not overwhelming, but but it's it's a lot of info. They have oh, yeah. a lot of stuff in here, and and like you said, it is super thought out. Um, oh yeah, sixty some pages. That's that's not yeah. going to be. And well, that's that's and twelve that's point just, font, double, not not single spaced. <laughs> and that's just that's just our copy. That's not going right. to be the full thing. We don't They're even have the, the full official, content, right. right? So you know, when when this drops, you know, in a few weeks, like there's just going to be so much that people can use and. The really cool thing about it is that 
it, like I said, it can be its own self-contained campaign. Mm-hmm. The, the whole idea is that it is this tower and you go up floors and the floors get more difficult. Right. The content that we have is only the first floor and a little bit of, of some of the other areas. Right. Um, you know, but just looking at it that way, you could, like you said, take just one floor and say, oh, you know, hey, we got this decrepit tower and, and inside of it are these, you know, you could just kind of build a floor of it into some sort of campaign and you can right. you so, sort of match, you know, the player level because even in this content that we have here, they have, you know, everything sort of power scaled all the way up to level 20. So right. it's a, it's super cool to, to think that this could be its own self-contained thing that can go on forever. Uh, or you can just pick a little bit, you know, a single floor to give it like this really kind of cool adventure arc or something uh, for your, your actual campaign, or even just kind of pick bits and pieces of it to, to build in. Um, yeah. I think you know, that, yeah, it's that's really exciting. That's really cool. It's like you said, um, that you could you kind of pick and choose depending if you want, if you already have a set campaign, you can just take like, like you said, a fifth level or whatever that matches your players, you know, level and then kind of go from there. And, uh, but that's really cool. And so that, that's what we're going to be kind of talking about today. Uh, we're going to be building a couple of our own characters, which is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, kind of going over the pros and cons that we see as we go through these builds. Um, so that's that's kind of what uh, the, the first and second half is going to be about in uh, this week's episode. Um, we're going to start off with Mike, and then obviously we're going to take a break and enter our little snack zone, which should be interesting. And uh, I actually... You know, doing our snack zones, found out a little something to share about uh, some things today, which should be interesting because oh, at least I found them interesting. And then uh, the second half, we'll go into the character that I built and, you know, a little you know, at the end, just kind of what our experience is with this uh, with this uh, startup that we've we're going over today. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, kind of starting to get into the content of the of the tower. Um, this this book is very the whole sort of style of it is is very dark. I would say so. The so kind of the generalized story is that there's this um, there are these two warring factions, you know, for millennia almost uh, that are you know chaos and balance. Mm-hmm. And uh, the really interesting thing about the background of the story is that uh, chaos is sort of uh, where all the players are going to live in this world. So the the chaotic kind of realm and the chaotic kind of, um, you know, personalities and, and demons and things like that, that's where uh, you are going to be playing characters from the the sort of interesting thing is that they build the story um to the point where all the balance are actually sort of uh you know putting down and and sort of ostracizing and you know almost genociding going through a genocide of these of these chaos uh you know, races, um, just because they're chaos, right? So it's almost the flip side of the coin where it's like, okay, I'm a paladin. I'm a good person. I'm killing these demons. You know, you see the other side of that coin where all of these characters and all of these people in this world have lives, but they are, you know, the chaotic side of that. So you kind of see, two sides of the coin when you're trying to reach balance or you're trying to fight for your cause, what is the right thing, you know? So I thought that that was a really cool kind of a spin on a, on a world. Um, and th- when that I was is reading through it. That is half the struggle as well is having these tropes that have been done over and over again, but finding a fun, interesting way that grabs people and draws them in. And I think they've mm-hmm. done a really great job of that. But even though at the at the core of it, you could say, you know, 
light versus dark, good versus evil, you know, demonic, angelic, however you want to do the two factions. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's the core of it, but it's so flushed out that it's it's almost like you don't even it's like the real world. There's gray area now. Right. It's not just one one flip of the coin or the other. You have those factions, and at the core of it, yes, that's what it is. But they do such a good job giving the backstory of these bosses and characters and such that it doesn't just feel like, okay, well, I'm a good guy. Okay, well, I'm a bad guy. You know, one one way or the other, bad person, good person, what you know, traitor, hero, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't just feel like that. It doesn't, it doesn't feel straightforward, which is great, especially for a campaign. Exactly. Yeah. It gives the, it gives the, it shines the light on thinking about things from two different perspectives, mm-hmm. you know, and, and who is actually the good, who is actually the bad and, and kind of, you know, really thinking about what happens when a culture or, specific society or specific race or specific, you know, sexuality, Mm. uh, which is another sort of um, big uh, factor in in their whole story, Mm. you know, just because of those traits, why are you deemed evil? You know, so it's, it kind of plays with those ideas a lot, which, which is just super, super cool idea. Right. It's Um, like you, you have these two prisms on either side. And then mm-hmm. the dark goes through one, the light goes through the other, but it splits it so many different ways that you you really have to understand which position they're coming from to, to fully understand why they are a certain way, which right. I think is a, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, kind of moving down through the, the content, you know, that they have these, they have towns that are built out with, you know, mm-hmm. all these NPCs that have these full rich backstories they have, you know, these completely planned out, you know, in the towns buildings that you can go mm-hmm. to for specific things. You know, they have areas that are even outside. The tower itself is sort of the main focal point of, of where a lot of the battles and everything are going to occur. Right. But there are, you know, fringe areas as well that are kind of built in to the story that again, are even those are planned out where right. these little fringe areas that you can still kind of battle or you can still kind of meet people, mm-hmm. you know, they have buildings and NPCs and everything just all sort of built out with these, with these full backstories, which is just, you know, again, <laughs> when I said, oh no, it'll be fine. And then we got all the content and we're like, okay, well, it is didn't want to read it. Didn't didn't want to read a novel, but you know, hey, it's, it's a, really good. I like it's it. A, it's a it's a good novel. Yeah, it's a good novel. But that is, I think that's also what's great is because they've definitely come from the the standpoint that you should come from with these things is having all that information. Yes, a DM kind of creates their own world, but when you make something like this, where you're you're kind of building on an extension to the lore and stuff that's already established. You want to have those rich backstories, especially for somebody that maybe just be starting out and, you know, feels more comfortable with this world than maybe a different one. And they, they don't know exactly where to go. They don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to build that world yet, but here it's all handed to you. These are the rules. You can play with this. This is what affects that. This is the world you're living in. These are the these mm-hmm. are the backstories. And this is how you have to portray this person because of, you know, so on and so forth. And that's another great point to the material that they sent us. Right. Um, it's just the accessibility of it, even for uh, a new individual to the game. Right. Yeah. No, this would be the this would be sort of like the perfect thing for you know, your first DM type thing. If you can't really come up with a world, you know, like it gives you the backstory, it gives you the bones of what you can do, but it doesn't tell you how it goes. Right. Right. So you, you get a lot of the backstory. You don't have to fill that in all yourself. It gives you those ideas, but then you can grow this world and, and help the characters through it and help Mm -hmm. your players through it. 
and you're learning just as much as they are. So it's, it's right. really good. And, and, you know, also going through the whole book, they're just, all the math is there. You don't right. have to worry about it. <laughs> it's yeah. Not, which is it's a like, big, it's a big plus. Cause that, right. that's, that's a lot, especially when it comes, it's not five E isn't as bad as fourth edition was when it comes to a lot of math and like making mm-hmm. sure the numbers line up and so on and so forth. But it's, there, there's still a lot. There's still a lot of stuff that you have to worry about. And so having it spelled out really clearly makes things a lot easier to understand. There's a lot less interpretation. So if you want to play it by the book, quote unquote, you no, no, this is how it's done. It says right here, you know, level three, you get 2D10, da, 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 that kind of thing. So it it's it's simplistically complicated. Mm-hmm. exactly so i think that that's that's really cool and like you said it's very accessible to somebody that wants to grow and you know expand their knowledge into these types of worlds mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 definitely a good thing that anybody could use mm-hmm. um you know and and again if you're using it to build your world for the first time or if you're using bits and pieces to kind of flesh out a world you already have, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's perfect for that. Um, one thing, one thing that I did notice going through all of it, it is, it's a very, very dark, grim kind mm-hmm. of, um, setting, you know, like this a, a perfect example is if you like dark souls, that's the kind of mm-hmm. vibe I really kind of get from this, where there are, heels don't heal near as much as they should. So like to kind of put it in perspective, you know, they have these charts about this is how much you will heal if you do this. So a good example would be um, if you're taking a long rest uh, and you do a full eight hours of a long rest, normally you're back up a hundred percent, you're good to go. Mm. But in this world and in this kind of, you know, game, campaign you if you if you aren't spending money to stay at like a special inn or something like that the most you can do is like 10 to 15 percent of your health on a long on an eight hour long rest so so they really are like leaning into and even even if you do a full eight hour long rest at the most expensive inn you're looking at 90 percent of your total hit points coming back you know and they have they have all these complex kind of rules against health too. You know, if you've had a major injury, it's even further reduced. You know, if you've had some sort of major burn or right compound fracture of a bone or something like that, you're, you're, you're healing even less percentage, you know, and they have that all really laid out and, and, you know, they have all the math there for you. So you're not having to try to remember all of that, but mm. It, it is that very brutal, very um, I, unforgiving, I guess like unforgiving, you know, kind of you really have to fight for every inch kind hey. of feel to hey. this tower, which I think is just awesome. Like, hey, you know, you know, my campaigns, right? This is right <laughs> up my alley, right? Make them struggle, make them work for it. I like yeah. this. Yeah. And they, and they do not hold back with that. Like it's, it's built into every single fiber Mm -hmm. of this. So that is one thing that could be, you know, a a downside for some people. It is a very, Uh, very, I think um, the only way that that could necessarily be a downside would be if you were looking for like a murder hobo type campaign. Right. <laughs> Where your actions really didn't affect the outcome. You were just right. there to roll some dice and have some fun. Right. Uh, but that you wouldn't want to play this anyway. Right. Exactly. So I think for the people that are interested in this kind of a challenge and this kind of world, I don't necessarily consider that a downside. Right. But I get I- what you're saying where. A, a grittier world could maybe put some people off. Right. Like for me, I am all for it. I right. love super challenging games. I love mm. super challenging 
campaigns, you know, like it makes you feel like you are, you really are working for it and it helps you dig into that character even mm-hmm. harder. Um, but that, know, that would be another thing though, is because this is on a, a harder scale when it comes to playthrough and thought process. Uh, the only downside as a new DM, I, I guess I could add to that would be, you would mm-hmm. definitely have to manage your players a lot better. Right. Cause it, it's that, definitely yeah, going to yeah. be a group effort. That that's sort of what I was, I guess, more leaning toward is um, if you are a new DM or if you're a brand new player, this is not you're you're not gonna feel hyper successful right at first. Right, it's gonna be a, a rough learning curve, and it from looking at the content and even just the portion that we have uh, for playtest purposes, you know, it'll totally be worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you can be really creative and how the story evolves, it's going to be just, it's going to be epic and it's going to be see, so much fun and that, challenging and you'll really come together as a, as a party. Right. And I think that's where its strength is though, mm-hmm. is if you get creative, like I had a great time building the character that I built. And honestly, the way that my character plays off of the stats and stuff as long as you're creative, like, like, like you said, as long as you're creative with it, you can have a lot of fun, even though it's kind of unforgiving mm-hmm. because you, you can do a lot of interesting things and it's, it's more not necessarily going back to what you said about dark souls. If I can get my tongue unwrapped, uh, it, it's very rewarding. And as long as you play smart mm-hmm. and you think about it, and you think about your actions and you use what you have to its fullest potential, it can be great, but you're you're definitely right. Where if you accidentally hit the roll button instead of the parry button, (laughs) the guy's probably going to stab you and kill you. Kill you. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So yeah, I definitely understand that. But uh, now that we've kind of given a a good background on, on everything, why don't we go over, uh, your character, Mike, and we can kind of dissect it as we go and kind of see how those things are going to affect uh, gameplay. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, kind of along with this tower, uh, as you can imagine, just a whole bunch of traps everywhere <laughs> through the tower. Like that's every room has to be rolled. Uh, to see what's in it and it might have a trap or it might just have enemies or it might have traps and enemies or it might have magic or whatever so um kind of going off of that i was i was leaning toward uh, a rogue really you know something that is gonna work really well with deactivating a lot of these traps that are in the world right um you know but also can deal some damage if you can, you know, get a sneak attack off here or right, you can right circumstances. You know, hide in the shadows and, and, you know, some of the other, you know, subclasses will allow you to do, you know, hide anywhere, basically. So, um, you know, I went into this thinking a rogue would be really, really perfect for it. And they have a they actually in the book that they gave us, they do have a uh, race that is part of their you know, comes in their content uh, called the Ulfur, um, which when I was trying to figure out where it was coming from, because it seemed very familiar, I, I believe it's coming from the um, the Norse mythology mm. uh, around wolves. Uh, it's sort of, I believe it's, a, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, but I think it's Ulfur is uh, the sort of, Norse mythology name of wolves or, or sort of wolf gods. Um, and that's sort of what this kind of demon or chaotic kind of race is about. Uh, it's this sort of wolf like humanoid figure mm-hmm. um, that stands, you know, about six feet tall, super muscular, you know, uh, and they, the cool thing about them is they get strength and dexterity. So you can kind of build a little bit of dexterity into your rogue, um, but you still have some strength to kind of, you know, get some other good roles going for if you do have to just 
push a trap open or something like that, you do have a little extra strength to help you do that. Um, you know, and, and a little bit more survivability as well in a, in a lot of situations. Right. Uh, so that's sort of the, the framework that I was building off of. Which is a great start. And, and like you said, it definitely kind of plays towards the world itself, which I think is pretty cool that you, you went with a rogue because this type of world would definitely produce rogues. Like you yep. said, you, you have to deal with traps on different levels and, mm-hmm. you know, different magic effects and stuff like that. So why wouldn't you realistically in this world be able to do that? And who's better at quote unquote sniffing out traps than right. Like an actual wolf type player. Mm -hmm. So I really like how that kind of blends together and, and also goes with the, the world that they've sent us themselves as well. I should say. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I was kind of thinking about it, you know, the whole world is very rough and tumble. So Mm -hmm. I would imagine a lot of, a lot of fighters, a lot of rogues, a lot of people that are delving into dark arts, you know, with sorcerers or warlocks or things like that, Mm. you know, and, and kind of, you know, for me, I was thinking being that utilitarian kind of guy that I am being like, how can I help the party and protect people from dying in all these traps that are in every single room, Mm. you know? Um, You know, and so that's where kind of where I came about that character. Um, The other couple cool things you do in here with each race get racial traits that help you, you know, just like any other racial trait, Uh, you know, the great thing about this one is dark vision you and i say it have said it all the time dark vision's the best so (laughs) it's the key you gotta have it um so it comes with dark vision it has that increased speed it's actually got 40 feet which i have you're always a fan of increased speed i'm I'm, i tell you man you you know me i'm i'm seeing a trend i i i'm as (laughs) as well my friend a lot of movement for the the movement movement seeing stuff perception that's me man all you all you (laughs) um you know and along with that there are uh there's something called fangs and claws where you can use your fangs and claws as natural weapons um and each of those have a slightly different you know almost like an unarmed strike but you can use those um differently and and you know they do piercing damage or sl- slashing damage, depending on what you do. Um, there's also uh, furred resilience, uh, which is super cool. It's uh, because of the thick fur that you have on the body on your body. You gain resistance to piercing, slashing, and bludgeoning damage from any nice. non-magical attack. So you do also, you know, kind of rounding out that character. Um, you kind of have more beefiness per se um you know as well as being dexterous and being able to kind of do all the other sort of rogue things that you're going to need to do in the party which right. i thought kind of really paired well in this world oh definitely being able to have that mobility like even just disengaging from a situation is mm-hmm. key plus being able to get so far away helps with a rogue because you can not only disengage, but, you know, go into hiding again. So that, mm-hmm. that'll, that'll help with, uh, you know, sneak attacks and stuff like that. So right. that, it's very, very good combination. Plus speed. I got the speed. Mm-hmm. I'm a fast, I'm a fast boy, fast boy. I'm a fast boy. So that that's definitely a plus. Uh, yep. Now, as we go through the tower that they have set up, uh, every time you go to a boss fight, they have a specific system set up where you have to basically merge with an elemental. Yeah. Yeah. This, when I read this, I was like, this is freaking awesome. This yeah. is so cool. I, so I think it, it uh, you know, a reoccurring NPC will appear to advise players it's i think that's really cool that you have to merging with an elemental to go into right. um 
you know, different boss areas and stuff. Now, based off your character, what were you leaning towards on a regular basis? Obviously, if you know anything about the boss, it might change which elemental you want to try to merge with. But what what uh, elemental would you feel you'd merge with based off of yeah. your character? That would that would help a lot. Yeah. So this this whole mechanic is is like I said, I think it's just super awesome. Where basically one character or one player on each floor mm-hmm. is able to choose an elemental that they merge with. Right. And then once you get, once you merge with that, you always have that trait. You always have that elemental attack or, you know, elemental resistances that you get from that elemental merging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it reminded me almost of like uh kind of like dragonborn where if you have different you like observe the soul type thing right well the i think with the dragonborns if i remember incorrectly the the different colors of your scales are your like heritage and that heritage determines your different breath attacks from skyrim am i thinking wrong maybe i miss misspoke i think i i mean like the dragon oh you're talking you're talking 5e dragons dragonborn yes. yeah okay yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. sorry 5e when you said dragonborn <laughs> i went to skyrim and i'm just like that's not at all how that works no. i don't know what you're talking about no remember i i did not play skyrim yes i yep it's just so outlandish i keep forgetting <laughs> i know right uh, it's where how the hell have i not <laughs> yes but yeah i i do know that there is part of the lore in 5e that your scale color can reflect your heritage and i don't think it necessarily affects your element i think you can let it affect your element but it's not like a set in stone type of thing but that it is part of the lore that it would affect your element yeah yeah so it kind of reminded me of that but you know kind of getting back to your question what would i what would i do uh with my character, especially if I were the one player that was able to take that elemental merging on the mm. first level. Um, for me, there's just, there's so many good ones, but, but the one that kind of, you know, one of them that kind of stuck out to me was the, the Gorgon. Oh yeah. Um, the paralyzing gas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so when you merge with the Gorgon, you get the ability to exhale a paralyzing gas in a cone in front of you. And then anybody in that cone, they have to do a a DC save. I think it's, yeah, it's against constitution Constitution, to see if they're paralyzed or not. And they would be paralyzed for one minute, Um, you know, and then in addition to that, you also now cannot be paralyzed ever, which Mm. I think would be super helpful just across the board because now you have a character that can never be paralyzed by any means. So, you know, unless you're getting something like stunned or something like that, you're going to be able to kind of help any other teammates that are needed um, and traps that should normally paralyze someone aren't going to paralyze you. Mm. Um, You know, and the cool thing with these elemental features are you also they also level up with you so you know as you level up you your dc increases for the likelihood of paralyzing your enemies um well the D, the so, dc saving throw they have to beat increases right, sorry sorry yeah mm-hmm. dc saving throw yep yeah that's it's it's definitely uh one of the i guess more useful ones depending on how the campaign goes um because it, it's definitely versatile with how you can use it and how it can't be used against you. Mm-hmm. Um, so based off of, off of that, you got a pretty normal rogue build. Um, are there any other skills or anything that you get from your, from your race or. Um, that is one thing that. So I'd have to look at some of them again, but they don't really have proficiencies per se built in with the races. Um, you, you get your normal kind of 
traits that you get from your race, from your race, uh, you know, you get your strength and you get your everything else. Um, but in terms of, you know, anything, anything that's, that's kind of like another proficiency, the only thing you can, that some of them do have are, uh, different languages. Some of them do have, you know, mm-hmm. multiple languages that they're proficient with, um, which allows you to communicate with, you know, other you know, whether it was demonic right. or whatever forces. Um, but with the oh. Ulfur, that only can do common. Uh, and then you get to pick one other language. So, okay, you know, in this world, I would probably lean towards something like, um, probably lean towards something like Infernal mm. or something like that. So I could communicate with pure demonic forces if necessary. Um, really the, the perks that you're saying from your race that kind of work with your class is like the speed and the physical toughness in general, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the, the more physical things, the mm-hmm. speed, the dexterity, kind of a little bit of strength, the resilience against different attacks. Um, you know, nothing really else, uh, beyond that. Um, right. So you're building something that kind of just shrugs stuff off, especially even with the cannot right. be paralyzed type yeah. type of uh, elemental with the with the Gorgon. Uh, exactly. Do you see any particular downfalls with this new type of race right off the bat? So, I mean, looking at it, it's it's a fairly well-rounded cl- uh, race mm-hmm. from from what I can tell. Um you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't stick out and, and it would, it would be interesting to see if, if uh, they would build out sub races mm-hmm. that to could, kind of play off of it to right to kind of play off. Like, you know, maybe you do want a wolf that is, is much more dexterous or more intelligent, even if you want to build a more complex character, um, you know, so they could have in, in my eyes, this is just me talking off the top of my head, you know, you could have like the alpha you know a sub race could be the alpha mm-hmm. wolf or something like that where you know more intelligence you know have have intelligence boost and a strength boost um mm. you know or, or like a could, moonborn type thing where right. you get more power in the shadows or something right yeah or or you know something uh along the lines of like the runt or something, mm. you know, where it's like you, you may be better at, at wisdom or mm. intelligence, but you don't have the strength that you would normally have. So that is, that's one thing that they don't have in this. And I don't know if they do have that in the full, you know, build out of the, of everything. Um, well, it's definitely you know, something races would, would kind of help make yeah. characters a little bit more complex, I think. And, and a little bit, uh, but but I think that's also the great point of the foundation they have is they can build so much into it moving forward. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, I think that's also what's pretty cool about the almost like a starter pack that they have for their campaign for Five E is mm-hmm. you you can definitely add to it down the line. It's it's something that as more content comes out, it's going to improve it, not detract from it. Which exactly. I think which I think is a lot of issues with some of the games and stuff that we have today is is almost like something really cool comes out and they're like oh no no that's that's too powerful or that's you know that that works too too good in this scenario so we're gonna have to draw that back whereas this they've they've kind of rounded everything out pretty good so you don't have to do that which is definitely another plus uh and hopefully we see more content coming down as as time goes on but uh, okay, why don't we take a break? We'll come back with the snack zone, and then I'll go over what I think is a pretty cool character in this world. All right, sounds good. All right, everybody, we'll be back in a moment. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We got a couple more logs on the fire now, um, and obviously we're gonna enter our snack zone. 
snack zone. Yeah, we we need to get something. Yeah, we got to write it down. We got to spitball. So today, I think I got a pretty cool snack. Now, normally we would say what what the you know the class we were building. So this is kind of going to be a little backwards for me because we didn't go over my build yet. But maybe you can kind of infer where I'm going with my build with my hmm. snack. Uh, the the snack that I'm going with is the frozen banana, the chocolate covered with some nuts on it. Frozen banana. There is always money in the banana stand. A very. Oh, I like that. It's a deep <laughs> cut. I almost didn't catch that for a second. Uh, so the fun thing I found out about the banana, the frozen banana, mm-hmm. uh, the guy that kind of invented it, though, you know, officially invented it. I'm sure they did this as long as bananas have been around. Uh, was Don Phillips, also known as the frozen banana king. Frozen banana king. Yes, I mean, <laughs> what are you, what are you going to have to do to to get to that? But it was right. uh, in Orange County, California, in the 1940s. Really? Yeah. yeah it, it seems it seems like a good thing to be in California. I mean, it's a banana. It's tropical. You right. like that, right? It's chocolate, and it's chocolate cold. covered with some yeah. little nuts on it, little or sprinkles, or whatever. Yeah, almost like ice cream, but it doesn't melt. Exactly. It's healthier so, than ice cream. That's true. I thought that yeah. was cool, though. Uh, excuse me. The Banana King didn't last forever, unfortunately. Mm. But uh, a guy Poor named Don Phillips. Yeah, I know, right? But a guy named Bob, Bob Teller, who initially went to the California area to sell seatbelts, okay. which what a, what a twist in fate. All right. Uh, opened up another one after Phillips had closed his his location, so he took over the the, the frozen banana kingdom, I suppose. Uh, so I think that's pretty cool. I I never, you know, just kind of going over it. It's it's fascinating to to see the little histories that these these kind of things you know, have occurred. And it, I mean, it's changed hands over the years, but I just think it's kind of cool that uh, the different things and how things kind of progress when it comes to the different snacks. But uh, I think my race and class would definitely enjoy a frozen chocolate covered with sprinkled nuts, banana. Well, we'll have to wait and see what your character is. That's very true. Uh, to, to fully kind of, understand the the thought process behind the the frozen banana but i do like the history lesson and the the snack lesson so you just gotta wait to crack that nut (laughs) (laughs) oh boy well i i will say my snack zone was not nearly as creative oh man no i mean the thing for me leaning looking at this whole world was just, you know, it's a dark world. It's rough and tumble out there. And I'm just imagining like blackened meat. Like mm-hmm. everything is blackened in the world. Like all the characters are dismal and, and annoyed at their lot in life. And, and they're all you know, chaotic or demonic of some sort, you know, kind of uh, demons and, and demigods and things like that. Um, so I'm just imagining that at like every single tavern, they have blackened steak or blackened chicken mm-hmm. or a blackened fish fillet. And it's just crusted with, you know, black pepper, corn, just charred pieces of herbs, you know, hey, as my great grandfather would say, that's the flavor. That is the flavor. That's that, the that, good stuff, man. That, that black char, the crusty the flavor, the, the crusty dry rub on the outside of all the meat. That's right. You know, and, and me being my character being a wolf, you know, I'm imagining that 
every single steak I have is rare. Oh yeah. And I eat a lot of them. Of course. (laughs) Very red meat, red meat diet. Just mm -hmm. rare, rare steak, maybe even just literally crust on whatever like dry rub you have and throw it on the plate and give it to me. Hey, that works. (laughs) As long as you're happy. Right. Good. Keep the wolf happy. Well, uh, it's a great little snack zone. Snack zone. I mean, this world can't be that bad if it's got chocolate covered frozen bananas. But that's true. You did. I bring definitely those into the world that I I appreciate it. I definitely can understand the the uh, still mooing meat a wolf mm-hmm. would eat. So I can appreciate that. But uh, my character moving into my build, mm-hmm. my race is a concubus oh this which is a cool race i like it's, this it's a very cool race um i was immediately drawn to it it's you know it's non-binary uh little polygamy in there which i can get behind um <laughs> so that that's a lot of fun it the the perks are you know charisma dexterity and uh those are the the racial perks automatically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you know i thought something that's going to be based off of that based off of uh a concubus with you know the kind of demonic feel to it would be Mm -hmm. a sorcerer all right so that that's the that's the class that i went with because definitely a sorcerer is going to go off of charisma right you know it's going to go off of dexterity yeah and with uh the wild magic path that i went off of i'm definitely going to need constitution because you never know what's going to happen with wild magic that is true you could make yourself one inch shorter true or taller it's all roll the dice but uh the skills that also come with it are intimidation and persuasion so I thought mm. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, just to kind of continue to play off of the, the background that I kind of gave the character as well is uh, like a noble mm. type mm-hmm. demonic figure. Right. So I, the, the way that I was envisioning this character was this, you know, this concubus type noble that is kind of just going around having some fun, eating his frozen chocolate bananas, you know, with nuts, with nut. Well, of course, you <laughs> got to have nuts, bro. <laughs> and the nut. But uh, I mean, they can fly with a, a flight right. speed of 30 feet, which I think yeah. is pretty cool. And that, it would was, definitely that was help, really cool. Would definitely help with the tower. Because mm-hmm. like a lot of traps could be, you know, on the floor or, you know, so on right. and so forth. Um, shape shifting is pretty cool. If I shape shift into something that doesn't have wings, I lose my flight ability, which makes 100% sense. Right. Like, why could you fly if you didn't have wings? Uh, but I can do smaller medium forms, but my stats stay the same. Right. So I, I think that's pretty cool, too, that even though I'm shape-shifting, my stats are the same. I'm basically just almost like an illusion. Right. I, I'm just like a different form, but I'm still me, which is great. Right. Yeah, it's almost like uh, almost like a druid a little bit where you, you still... Well, I guess even with druids, you, well, you kind yeah, of with druids, change you take on your the stats. Yeah. stats. So, yeah, that is that is really cool. And it really... It really helps. And and this was a class when I was reading through it that seemed the most just balanced and thought out Mm -hmm. is the fact that you can shape change Mm -hmm. and you're also already proficient in deception and persuasion. Right. And that's one of the reasons I was so drawn to it. It's just because it, everything and like, as as long as I play it a certain way, everything's going to balance each other out. And that's kind of why I was thinking like, not necessarily a snooty, but just like, because they're, they're ageless. Mm-hmm. You don't really know how old they are. Right. So it's kind of like they just want to have a good time and enjoy the world, even though it's a dark world. Yeah. You got to enjoy 
life is short, man. Right. Even and if you live forever. Even if you live for it, <laughs> especially if you live forever, you got to stay entertained. So it's almost like the, the background I envisioned is this very old concubus that is trying to have a good time and maybe learn some sorcery. And even though they're dealing with wild magic, it mm-hmm. that's just that just adds to the fun. Right. It's like they're like five or six hundred years old and they're just like, well, I need something new. I'm bored. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that's pretty cool. And the charm spell, I think it's not really a spell, it's a, a feat that I have where right. They, they have to like make a, a saving throw and it's only for a short time, just like a normal charm spell is. Mm-hmm. But I think that's such a fun and the, the fact that they're non-binary is just like, it could be anybody. I can charm anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Right. What race or what sex you are. It's just like, Hey buddy, or Hey girly, or, you know, whoever just wink and a nudge. And if you don't make that throw, uh, you're madly in love with me. So I thought that right. was really, really fun uh, to play around with. So, yeah. And that's, and that's one really cool thing that I noticed um, in the content as well. And, and this could be, you know, for certain people, you know, this may be something that draws you to this content, or this may be something that pushes you away from the content, but regardless, the idea of having different choices, a a lot of these races have um, your sexuality listed as well Mm -hmm. as, you know, in some of them, especially the case of the concubus, there are, are different variants that are, you know, definitely male, definitely female, or definitely non-binary. So mm. it's, it's kind of cool that they built that into the character. Cause that helps you also, you know, the way I, I looked at it and came about it is that, you know, if you go with that, cool, that gives you a little bit more of your backstory flushed out. So you're able to kind of use that a little bit as, as fuel for your backstory. Mm. Um, but it, it also gives you that opportunity to, if you want to go against it, uh, you know, like the, the Aaron, yes, was one that, uh, stuck out to me, you know, they are lesbians and all of them are female. So, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And if you want to go with that, that's fine, but it would be kind of a really fun backstory to kind of see, you know, if there was someone that was not, that was maybe heterosexual or more bisexual or something like that. How does that play into a backstory Mm. and how does that, how is that affected? You know, you know, so it's kind of cool that you have the choice to use it if you want, I'm sure. And then obviously with anything, you can kind of play with the rules and bend the rules a little bit. Um, You know, and each of these uh, races is, is just so cool that even that is thought out, which is just like, another like, level i i don't even think i've ever done that for any of my characters you know what which i think is also cool because if you do want to play it that way i feel like i feel like a lot of the times if you tried to do like a lesbian or non-binary you almost have to justify it in some of the mm-hmm. other systems but in this right. it's that's that's what you right. are it's you part of the part of the race part of the world part of the race part everything of the world, yeah. so it's it's one more layer of being comfortable with the character that you're building. Right. And And you can, you can put another piece of you in that character, which is what I I really liked about the concubus as well. Right. That's, and that's, and that's the, just reading through all this content that, that they provided is, is what is so cool because it is thought out. Everything Mm -hmm. that was done you know, the way that the traps intertwine with each other, the way that the systems work for going up and down the floors, the way that the towns are built out, everything is thought of and answered Mm -hmm. uh, in the content somewhere. But but still buildable. Right. And it's still moldable and you can change it Mm -hmm. the way that you want. Um, But it's there in case you 
don't have the creativity or you don't even think of that facet of a, of a personality, right. Um, which, which is what really caught me, you know, and, and caught my eye reading it. Um, and also builds off of the story. You know, if you're looking at the through lines of, of the initial kind of lore, mm. you know, it's, it, it's all about like, okay, there's the chaotic and there's the balance and the balance wants to defeat the chaotic. And, and you kind of can get that sense of, you know, even, even being non-binary or being asexual or polyamorous or whatever could be seen as chaotic, Mm -hmm. but why are you being attacked and why are you being destroyed just because of that? And it kind of brings that through line in the story, which I thought was really, really um, poignant uh, to kind of bring that to light, you know, and, and it's not overtly that way. It's very, it's written in, in just a well-balanced, everything is written in a balanced way. Yeah. Well Um, executed. Yeah. But it has these little figments of, of story and figments of, you know, themes that really lend to this whole world and just really builds the world out, which, you know, kind of is even rounded out by these races. Mm. Yeah, but I definitely agree with you there. Um, but to, I was to... going to say long tangent short, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get back to your character. Ethan, I think I am sorry. You're fine. I, <laughs> I definitely agree with your tangent. So you're, you're perfectly okay with there. Uh, I guess the only other thing really that I would add to my character would be the demonic elemental. I feel like that goes with it. It kind of goes with the, mm-hmm. the attitude that I feel they would, they would possess. Um, you know, they exhale, uh, repulsion energy um, right they gotta succeed on their saving throw or they get pushed 60 feet away and the other thing is uh i couldn't be knocked prone which for a flying character i think that adds a lot the fact that i i mean if i'm reading that correctly i basically couldn't be knocked down which also i feel equates to me not being able to be knocked out of the sky Hmm. By magical sense, at least. Okay. So I feel like that would definitely add to my character and still go with the personality for the backstory of just like, you know, huffing their breath at somebody they they find distasteful and pushing them 60 feet away. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? So I thought that was a pretty cool aspect of uh, an elemental, at least for the first time around, depending. Now, I will have to debate you a little bit. Oh boy. Being knocked prone is not the same mm-hmm. as being taken taken out of the sky. No, I definitely but here's my point though. Being knocked prone means I'm being pushed in some way into a prone position. If I can't be knocked or pushed, how are you going to knock me out of the sky? Now, I'm not I'm not saying that if a net falls on me my wings don't get caught up and I fall down. That's okay. different. Okay. I, See, I, I was, that's what I was going for. I'm saying like, like the, the spell thunder wave or something. Mm. And okay. the, the magic of that spell is if I fail, I get pushed. Well, because of this, I wouldn't be pushed. See what I'm saying? So really it's more magical means I feel wouldn't affect me. Gotcha. From a physical pushing type of scenario. Okay. If something physical hit me, that'd be different. Okay. Okay. That that is more what I was thinking. I was like, I mean, like physically, if someone cuts your wing off, you can't fly. You Correct. Know? <laughs> Correct. So yes, I was more thinking magical means of not being able to be pushed or anything. Gotcha. All right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. You're a, a very charismatic person that can't be laid down unless you want to be laid down. Very true. And maybe I will. Special privilege. If that happens, Hey, (laughs) you know it, you know it. So any, uh, any last thoughts, Mike on the world in general, I would definitely 
definitely love to do a playthrough of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely feels like a great world, but uh, any, any last pros or cons from you? No, I mean, reading through everything, like everything is super well-balanced and everything is really thought out um, throughout the entire campaign. Um, the one thing that, that would be, like I said before, that would be a little bit difficult is just this is a this will be a difficult campaign mm-hmm. or arc. It's not something that would be, you know, it's not something for the faint of heart. Right. Um, but it is something too that if you wanted to try it, being a noob or being not that, you know, super well versed in super difficult campaign ideas, mm. this could be something that could open that door to thinking more complex kind of storylines and right and uh mechanics to a dungeon or something like that um so yeah i just all in all i think it's just amazing content um when i first saw anything from awfully queer heroes i I think it was in june they were doing another uh kickstarter um and that was for a kind of a similar thing uh called their sunblade uh classes um you know they have another one that is kind of like a sunblade tower um so you know it it what i saw there is the same thing they had these really really cool ideas that were all really well written and really well balanced um you know and that's kind of my mm-hmm. note from it is just you know you got to get in there and play it because it looks like it'll be challenging, but definitely rewarding. Yeah. And I, I, I definitely am interested to see what they produce in the future. I think they mm-hmm. have some, some great individuals and great minds working together to build these, you know, Absolutely. campaigns and, yeah. and expansions. Uh, the only thing I would say is <clears throat> kind of like you said, it's kind of hard to break into this type of thing just because it's a little bit darker, but I would also put forward that, and maybe this is just my experience talking. If you wanted to make this less daunting, mm-hmm. the way they have it flushed out, it wouldn't be difficult to do so. Kind of like what right. you were saying with healing. Instead mm-hmm. of only healing 10%, whenever you slept eight hours, maybe it's 30. You, you right. know, so it, it could be less daunting if you take one rule less severely right when it comes to certain things and like i said maybe that's just my experience of being able to adapt to the players that i'm working with to a certain degree Mm -hmm. but um i think that's another positive to their content is that because like i said because it's so flushed out and because these numbers are kind of just given to you very well you can adjust those numbers if it's like, okay, well, you know, I got a bunch of new people where we're just starting out. So we're not going to worry about money as much because, you know, we we just kind of want to get into our characters. Mm -hmm. So the ends don't cost as much or they, they don't cost as much and they heal you a little bit better and so on and so forth. But uh, again, like I said, that, that might be the experience in being a DM talking and hopefully maybe they can even, you know, add that to an expansion or something of, you know, like almost like a little in the book note, like yeah. you could do this. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think they, I think they definitely think of that because there right. are, you know, we didn't talk, we didn't touch on this too much, but they, they even have, you know, scaling of different, mm-hmm. you know, enemies, you know, like, okay, if you have three of these enemies, this is a bad idea for anyone this level. So right. they, they do have that thought process in it. Um, oh, definitely for you know, sure. And I that... think they want, kind of, I, I kind of agree with you now that you're mentioning it. You know, I think that is something they do want. They want right. people to, you know, make it their own, make, make the world your own, because that's really what's important mm. um, is creating a story. And this is just a really good framework to build it. Right. And that that's no, I definitely agree with you knowing that uh they they have that ability to scale. It's just hopefully 
anybody that comes in doesn't get daunted by it and just understands that it can right. apply everywhere, not just what's presented. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think uh, that's great. Like I said, uh, I think the only way we can get deeper in this is if we do a one shot or something. So hopefully yeah, maybe that, so. that might be in the future. Um, put it put it out in the universe. Yes. It'll, it'll, <laughs> it, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it'll happen. Uh, but again, great content. I loved reading the backstories on the bosses and stuff. It was very, very fun. Would love to, to use this in a campaign in some way so uh definitely a uh a five-star rating from me go out and try it everyone and mike why don't you take it away yeah uh i mean definitely have to say thank you so much to kel from uh awfully queer heroes for giving us this content to look through it was super cool to see that there's stuff like this being built out for the ttrpg community um you know, the fact that there's more inclusivity just across the board trying to be built out in mm-hmm. in that realm uh, and in that community is, is super, super awesome. Um, you know, everything in here is well written uh, and it was just a fun time trying to read through it all and, and figure Definitely. out the systems and, and, and really think through all of that. So it was really fun kind of going through this. Um, you know, as I was... Uh, you know, they're not on here, obviously, but I did want to plug a few things for them. Uh, they do have a Kickstarter for this exact book starting, um, I believe, in about a week or two uh, from when we record. So, you know, late September uh, 2021 uh, going into October 2021. Um, so if you wanted to look at their Kickstarter, obviously go to www.kickstarter.com slash profile slash awfully queer heroes uh we'll have that linked in the show notes um you can see their previous uh previous content as well uh they have a lot of stuff on their site and um you know we'll have their most updated link uh for this book in the show notes as well you can also see them on twitter by going to uh, by looking for at awfully q heroes and uh, see the content that they're putting out uh, kind of interface with them and everything you know it's a great community so go ahead and, and reach out to them and and say that you're excited for the content coming out um you know again from us me and ethan we want to thank everybody for listening you know the fact that anybody is listening is awesome we just have a great time talking we hope you guys have a great time listening around the fire uh you know if you have anything if you have anything that you want to bring to us or you want to just chat with us and just kind of hang out uh we do have our discord uh like we've said before that's at bit.ly slash fireside discord that link will be in the show notes um and as always you know be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you like what you hear Uh, You can get us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anything else you listen to. Uh, You know, and if you can leave a review, uh, that would be super awesome because that kind of helps us get get out there a little bit more. You can also visit us on uh, Instagram at The Fireside and on Twitter at The Fireside. Uh, And we'll have all those links in the show notes. But uh, that is it for me. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Ethan, take it away. All right, guys, uh, again, have a good one, and we'll keep the fire burning for you.